Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to our program, The Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of the Board of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we've got a wonderful guest uh, to share with you a beautiful story of, of love in the family, of um, sadness and grief in the family, and yet how God turned that into such awareness and and eventually joy through the tragedy and sorrow of actually the death of a child. And so um, it's just such a beautiful story, although, of course, a, a parent's worst nightmare that something would ever happen to one of their children. But uh, I think I think you will really love the story of how God worked through the whole tragedy. And uh, I, I, it really has shown me so much. Um, about God. <laughs> and, and, and our guest herself, who is Shirley France. Welcome, Shirley. Thank you. I want to tell you a little bit about Shirley. Her story uh, and the story of her family has been such an inspiration to me that uh, I'm so happy she was willing to share it with us today. So Shirley uh, and her husband, Stefan, are members of Our Lady of Lourdes Parish in Marysville. And uh, she's the co-coordinator there of the women's ministry. And she's also a member of the Oblate community of the Benedictines. Uh, so Shirley has uh, uh, her ministry. We're actually going to be doing another show with Shirley as well uh, on a ministry that she is very connected to called Kind Way. So you might want to look for that too. Shirley is just an amazing woman. And thank you, Shirley, for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I'm very grateful to be here. Well, first of all, as we process the 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 story which leads to awareness and, and to joy give us a little summary of of what happened in your family and when and and this this tragedy that occurred mm-hmm. um tell us about that Shirley because it's been quite a few years ago that this happened well thank you so um our family of four mm-hmm. we have two children Stefan and Trista and uh we were living in Madisonville Kentucky at the time and actually, I was the choir director for a Presbyterian church mm. and uh, very happy and very rooted in my faith. And, and we met uh, a man at a party and uh, he was a Catholic priest and we didn't know it at the time. We became friends <laughs> and he started hanging out with us <laughs> and finally said, why haven't you learned about the faith of your husband? And, and that led to me going to RCIA. That led to me converting to the Catholic faith. And becoming part of a very small Catholic community in Madisonville, Kentucky, uh, called Christ the King. And it was just the most amazing community. Two percent of that county was Catholic. So we were a very small group. But through their love and their compassion in the body of Christ, we walked through a journey that was unimaginable. And I know that God just rooted us in that community before this happened. Um, our daughter, when she was uh, about 12 years old, began to lose her vision, 
And we took her to the pediatrician several times, and they said she was needing glasses or she was probably nervous about school and she was not feeling well. But a friend of ours whose hair I was doing, I was a cosmetologist at the time, was a pediatrician. And I asked for a favor to check her out, and he discovered immediately she had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And um, the cancerous brain tumor was causing her loss of vision, her lack of ability to really function at school. And so we had to go to Vanderbilt uh, University Hospital, Children's Hospital in Nashville, where she was treated with several surgeries to remove the brain tumor. It grew back again. Um, And then we were told that there was nothing more that could be done. And we brought her home. And then... um, the community really got in gear. The body of Christ just really took care of us and provided all of our needs and walked us through the most difficult journey, along with our Catholic priest, who was just our lifeline and our spiritual guide. And was this the same priest who had brought you into the church? Actually, it wasn't. That original priest that brought us brought me into the church and our family into the church uh, was the person who founded that Catholic church in that community. And we didn't realize it at the time, but he was also dying of cancer. Hmm. And uh, when he left our church, was assigned another church. We had a pastor named Father Delma Clemens, who became our pastor and our friend. And he was just an amazing man. He just recently passed away, and we've communicated all these years uh, with him, uh, who was a, a real guide to us, not only in our Catholic faith, but in our journey of experiencing God through the community of believers. Hmm. And isn't that what what we all hope and pray for, that in, in our moment of trial, mm-hmm. uh, that God will provide everything that we need? And, and what a beautiful story that... Um, he prepared you with a stronger faith. Uh, he he put you in a small community where really people could rally around. And even when, when the priest that you uh, had been so connected to moved to another parish, he provided another priest who was uh, just such a wonderful um help along the way uh, so discerning and i know i know uh, your listeners don't have all these details yet and i want you to tell some of the stories but surely <clears throat> excuse me has written the story in a beautiful book called soul provider uh, soul provider the story of god's abiding presence and it's available on amazon if you want to know more of the details than you're able to to hear today but surely continue so what year was this what that this was happening well this was about 1981 at the end of the year and um you know it's it's interesting when you look back and you you don't know how long something's going to last when you're the middle of the journey right and um, the interesting thing was, is that when we got to Vanderbilt Hospital, Trista asked me, please don't ever leave me, Mom. And our our town, Madisonville, was two hours away, so it was really difficult. My husband had to work. My son had to go to school. And so the nursing staff allowed me to sleep in the window seat of her hospital room, and that really began our journey, our journey of crying out to God in prayer all the time about our needs. And Trista actually led us in this journey. And I have to say, one of the key learnings was that we should never discount the wisdom of a young person and how God can use that young person to lead us on a path that draws us closer to Christ and to to one another. Mm -hmm. And um, she was very precocious, very honest, 
and uh, really just said it like it was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) From the mouth of babes, we have that expression, and it's so true. Without a doubt. And I remember the night before her first surgery, and uh, we were scared, and the whole family was there, and um, we decided we'd stay up all night because we were told she could be permanently brain damaged and not know who we were, or she could use lose the use of all her limbs, or she might die in the process because the tumor was so big. And and she had gone uh, almost blind by that point. She could just see images. And I remember we were praying, and we would we would say the rosary. All this was so new to us. We were on a honeymoon phase of our Catholicism, and we just... We just really were so in, in, enveloped in, in prayer, especially the rosary. And uh, we were praying the rosary, and uh, she got real quiet, and she said, Mom, do you see that woman? And we were on the fifth floor of Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. I said, what woman? She said, there's a woman in the window. And I said, honey, we're on the fifth floor. <laughs> and she said, the woman in the window. And then she got very quiet, and she didn't say anything, and she said, the woman has a blue dress on. She has no shoes on. She's barefooted. And she told me I don't need to be afraid of anything that she would never leave me. And I realized who the woman was. Mm-hmm. And and she wasn't afraid ever again. Mm. Um, she trusted God for that. And she came through that first surgery. And we were so grateful. And we believed this would be it, right? Mm-hmm. She, doctor said they have it all. Mm-hmm. They believed they have it all. But they didn't have it all. Sure. And, um, and so the interesting thing was my husband and son would come to visit on weekends and we had just built a brand new salon and mortgaged our home to do it. And so I didn't know how we were going to stay financially afloat and not lose the salon, but even more importantly, not lose our home. Right. But people in the community stepped in and they gave, um, an opportunity for my husband and son to stay at a, a nearby hotel because a, a man in our parish actually owned part of those hotels. And so uh, he provided that for them. (laughs) But they would come and visit on the weekends. And Trista, being who she was, uh, said, you know, Dad, you really need to help those people down at the play area because the music they're playing for those kids is just awful. (laughs) And so my husband uh, played music uh, for the children's mass at church. And so he brought his guitar down and he did music for them. And she was just so pleased that we could we could give back. She was always saying, you know, do what you can where you are. She would hmm. tell us this, and um, hmm. ultimately, amazing. yeah, ultimately. but she was thinking of other people Absolutely. constantly. And she, sure, and she got tired of me reading her books. She got tired of me interpreting television shows because she couldn't see them, or singing songs, or you know, she just got bored. And I don't blame her. I was kind of boring myself after a while, <laughs> and <laughs> and finally, I I said, well, what do you want to do? She said, Mom, do what you do. I said, what's that? She said, you cut hair. There's got to be moms in this hospital that have been here for a long time that would really appreciate the opportunity to get a haircut and feel good about themselves. And so that's what we did. And nurses <laughs> help us set that up. And, and I cut mom's hair. And she would go with me in a wheelchair and talk to the children who were being treated for cancer and share with them not to be afraid. It was going to be okay. Mm. And it changed everything for us in that environment. Sure. And, it's so uh, amazing that... Obviously, God was giving both of you everything you needed, as you say in your book, Soul Provider. And mm-hmm. and in case uh, you've just joined us, I want you to know our guest today is Shirley France, who's um, a 
beautiful faith-filled woman that I've recently had the the joy of meeting, uh, who's the author of the book Soul Provider, The Story of God's Abiding Presence, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, She's a member of Our Lady of Lourdes Parish, she and her husband, Stephan, in Marysville. She's co-coordinator of the women's ministry in her parish. And she's just in her book, and now today with us, telling this just beautiful story of how God truly did provide everything for their souls, uh, for your soul, for your daughter's soul, for your family, uh, at this crucial point in time, this tragedy in your life Mm -hmm. when your daughter uh, was dying of brain cancer. Mm -hmm. So, um, Shirley, I know one of the things that, uh, because of the title of your book, Soul Provider, (laughs) God's provision Mm -hmm. is one of the major uh, themes that that and and actually when I read your book I was amazed at the, the 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 stories the insights what you remembered about your daughter's uh, experiences not only something that would be so memorable such as her vision of the Blessed Mother but the little things uh, mm. the, and I thought to myself you must have kept a journal mm. which you did <laughs> I did uh, which is such a blessing that you did that because. We wouldn't want to lose any of these wonderful lessons that God was 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 telling you. Well, continue with the story. Tell mm-hmm. us some more. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about your opportunities for ministry and Trista's opportunities for ministry within the hospital. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we met some wonderful people that came to visit. Um, we met a, a priest who had just been ordained. He was brand new, really green, and we just loved him because he was so real. And he and Trista had great conversations, and she didn't pull any punches with him at all. You know, don't you date? Don't you want to go out? You know, things like that, which I just loved. I just loved. But yeah, she did. I remember this part of the book. It was so beautiful how she she really... Um, I wouldn't say has a crush on this priest. Oh. Would you say that? She had a crush on her doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she had a crush on her, her, her surgeon. And, um, and he was so kind to her and so good to her. And I said, well, what do you think he looks like? Cause she couldn't see him. She goes, I think he's very handsome. And he would come in and speak to her after his shift was over with. And, uh, he told us that he was in a rock group with a bunch of other doctors and they did charity events. And he said, would you like to come to the rock concert? And she said yes, and he made arrangements for us to go to where the charity event was and to re- be released from the hospital with the care of nurses. And he um, he dedicated a song to her, and he sang it. And he was the drummer. It was called Desperado. Oh. And he said, I dedicate this song to my friend Trista France. And she just cried, and she said, Mom, this is the biggest moment of my life. <laughs> and, and I remember when you brought her home. Mm-hmm. He came. He did come to visit, didn't he? Did. He did. He drove mm-hmm. two hours to come visit her, yeah. just to be with her and her with him. And he was just such a kind man, and, and we're grateful for that. You know, I guess when you talk about provision, Peggy, I think about how God just showed up in the ordinary things, you know, the ordinary, because that's where we live, and that's sure. that's where God shows up to provide, and, and even the things that we might think are negative or, or bad, he uses those, like when she um, had to go through radiation for six weeks, and we didn't know where we were going to go, we didn't know we had to leave the hospital, and we didn't have any place to go and no money to stay at a hotel, and she had to do five days a week for six weeks. And um, we just prayed, and we were supposed to be released that afternoon. And Trish said, we just have to ask God where we're going to go, Mom. I don't know where we're going to go. And and in walks this young woman 
who was the niece of one of my former clients at the salon. And this niece was the um, emergency flight crew for the, uh, the helicopter division of Vanderbilt. And she lived nearby, and she said, my Aunt Tony said that you might need a place to stay while you're doing radiation. And we moved into her apartment that afternoon. Mm. You know, and I, I think about, when I think about provision, I think, you know, the Israelites at the last minute needed God to part the Red Sea, but our Red Sea was that moment. You know, and God has Red Sea moments for all of us, mm-hmm. and they're in the ordinary of our lives, and it was just beautiful and, and powerful. That's a beautiful way to think of it. Mm-hmm. Red Sea moments mm-hmm. for all of us in our lives. Yeah. Just when we need it. Just He's when there we just need when it. we need it. And, and, you know, God is so practical, I found out. I, I'm learning. He's just so <laughs> practical, and He just wants to take care of us in those moments. And Sure. You know, and while we stayed at that apartment, you know, we find out right away that there is a mouse running around in the apartment. And, you know, and she could, Trista couldn't see. And so we, she would play act like she was, you know, trying to step over the mouse as we walked around in the apartment. Real entertainment for us. And we would see evidence that had gotten in the bread. And, oh, dear. and, you know, and this went on for weeks, you know, and, and we were so excited about what's the mouse going to do today. And, you know, and, and then one day uh, our friend Allison said, I'm sorry, but I caught the mouse. And, and uh, we both decided, that we were glad he could go see Jesus, but he was really a delightful entertainment for us while he was there. <laughs> you know, I, and I thought about, you know, the, the story of Corrie ten Boom and when she was in, um, you know, the concentration camps during World War II and how the fleas played a very big role. And uh, Corrie ten Boom asked them all in her dormitory to thank God for the fleas. And they thought she was crazy. Right. And so but they did it. And and found out later that's why many of the women in their dormitory were spared their lives because the guards did not want the infestation of fleas to be on them Hmm. and so we thank god for the fleas and we thank (laughs) god for the mouse right the pure entertainment is beautiful it's amazing uh to have that kind of perspective um I, i know so many of us hear that know that we need to be thankful for everything Mm -hmm. even the trials and the struggles that Mm -hmm. god sends us Mm -hmm. they're going to make us stronger they're going to make us more faith-filled more trusting in him but actually experiencing that Mm -hmm. at the time when you are suffering Mm -hmm. is is just amazing to me and would you say surely that i mean it, it sounds like with trista being so faith-filled, that even at the moment of that suffering, you mm. couldn't, you could see the value. I mean, uh, thinking of Cory Ten Boom, you probably didn't think of that exactly at that time. No, but still, you you knew at that moment still that that the mouse was helping bring some joy. Yeah, he played a role, right? <laughs> right. He, he right. played a role, and yeah. you know, I think I think about too when. Trista asked me to always be honest with her, and we were at home, and she said, Mom, am I going to die? Mm-hmm. I mm. remember. I remember that, this in the book. And and I said, well, the doctors believe that you are, but we trust God for what that looks like and when that is. And she just got hysterical, and we thought well, she was hysterical because she was finding out she was going to die. She wasn't hysterical about that. She was hysterical because I'm so sad you had to find out, Mom and Dad, it will make you so sad. It'll be so hard for you. I've known all along. And then she began to plan her own funeral. Mm. And she invited people in that she wanted to talk to and to give them a little bit of wisdom before she, she left. And my husband's uh, brother is married to my sister. 
So uh, she asked him to come in. I need to talk to Uncle Greg. And uh, she said, Uncle Greg, do you love my Aunt Pam? And he said, yes, I do. Then you need to be just a little bit nicer to her, okay? (laughs) And, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, she said uh, to her dad, you're going to have a hard time, Dad. You know, it's going to be okay, though. You're going to have a hard time. And then um, people began to come visit her. And to pray over her. And then one day our priest said, uh, he called and said, I have a family that's passing through town and they have a very disabled child. Can they come visit you and Trista? And I said, oh, I don't know. And he said, you need to meet these people, surely. Hmm. And so I said, okay. I asked Trista, is this okay? She said, yes. So they came and they had uh, three children and they were very, very poor and they were passing through. They'd lost their jobs. They had a very disabled child. And Trista said, so you you came to pray over me, right? And they said, no, we came for you to pray over us. Hmm. And she did. She prayed over them to find work, to have grace, to, to bless their family. And they left, and Trista said, this is the most holy moment for me because they asked me to pray for them instead of mm-hmm. them to pray over me. How beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously... Did you say the priest is the one that asked if they could drop by? Mm -hmm. Yes. So he had obviously seen her faith, knew that uh, that 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 was um, obviously would be a tremendous blessing for them if she would pray over them and how God used that for them and and for Trista, because she began to realize how much again she had to 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 give, to serve others, mm-hmm. even though she needed all the imporing of, of grace that <laughs> that was possible, your family did, still she was able to pour out. That's just absolutely amazing. Now, as you're telling the story, Shirley, um, we've got about five minutes mm-hmm. left, uh, and, and I know there's so much more to tell. I know that when I ask you about what was most how, how would you express the most important uh, values that and lessons that came came to you through this whole experience? Mm-hmm. You said provision, prayer, and presence. Yes, provision, prayer, and presence. So, so would you like to expound on that uh, a little bit? And at the same time, possibly, uh, I know there was an incident at the end of your book. When a taxi driver said to you, um, after he heard a little bit about your story, well, well, what did you learn from all that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a kind of a surprising question at the time coming from the taxi driver. I think you weren't totally prepared to answer it. (laughs) But as you've looked back, Mm -hmm. can you sum up a little bit about the provision, prayer, the presence, and what you really have, have now gained from this whole experience, what you've learned? Absolutely. I think it's a life journey lesson for sure. But there are some key things that stand out to me. Um, and one of the things, like we talked about earlier, is that God shows up in the ordinary, in the practical. Mm-hmm. And when we say we can pray for people, but what we see a need right in front of us to meet the need is a life in Christ. I think that that really stood out to me, how the people did that, how mm-hmm. they showed up for mm-hmm. us. The other is that my family, my family sanctuary is bigger than my biological family. And that it includes my faith community, it includes my state, my country. Also, I think that we need to think about that 
the wisdom, like I said before, comes from everywhere. It can come from the person at the grocery store. It can come from uh, the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. It can come from mm-hmm. a little one. But then I remember one thing that Trista said to me before she passed away. Her words for me were, be who you are. And I will, I will think about that the rest of my life. Hmm. Be who you are. Who, who did God create me to be? What does he want me to do with that? And how do I live that out day to day in the practical, right? And so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God is so loving and, and so kind and so good to us. Mm-hmm. If we can just see with those eyes, you know, be who you are. Those mm-hmm. would be my most important things. Sure. He's you- created us to mm-hmm. be uh, to, he's given us gifts. Mm-hmm. He's given us skills. Uh, he he knows our life experiences, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and and our family, like you said, uh, and and the theme of our program is the sanctuary where we learn who we are. Mm-hmm. And yet, I love your point that that it was more than just your biological family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was your parish family. Mm-hmm. And then it was the human family mm-hmm. beyond that, mm-hmm. the medical people that you connected with, the, mm-hmm. the people in the hospital. Um, I, I remember one story in the book of a woman who just showed up at your door mm. and said, could I sing for Trista? Mm-hmm. Now, how she even heard about Trista, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But tell, tell that story. That was just amazing. Yes, I she, just, she just showed up and um, it was just very odd. And I asked Trista if she could sing the song and she did. We never saw the woman again. Mm-hmm. She just came to the door. No one knew said, who she was. Yeah. No one, and, but also I wanted to share one thing that God uses nature too. And the mm. story of the butterflies oh. is just a powerful thing that I hope people will read the book and learn that, you know, God can show up in nature too, to, to speak to us, to be with us and be a presence yeah. And a prayer. Yeah. Well, what a beautiful story. And Shirley, um, you've told it so beautifully in your book, Soul Provider, the story of God's abiding presence available from Amazon. And even though these events occurred 40 years ago, mm. right? Mm. Um, they're, they're so fresh in, in the book. And, um, and, as you said to me, as we were talking before the program, as you look at these events, even later, even after you've written the book, you're still seeing more of what God is doing in your life now as a result of, of these experiences. So, so what a beautiful story. And, um, and I, I hope our listeners will, uh, if they haven't heard the entire story, look on our archives, uh, find the story, listen to it again, and be totally blessed mm. by you, Shirley, the story of what happened almost 40 years ago, and your reflection on it today. Thank you so much for having the courage to share. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so <laughs> grateful. Well, you have all been listening to The Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Radio, and I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn. Uh, you can look in our archives at stgabrielradio.com, and we're streaming live on stgabriel.com. Our Family Sanctuary is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni Sancti Spiritus